joining us on the WBGO Journal are three very important representatives of the Women in Media Film Festival going on in Newark. It's the In the Moment Virtual Women's Film Festival. It's the product of Executive Director Pamela Morgan, who joins us. Pam, always great to see you. Thank you, Doug. Always wonderful to be here. And we're joined by two stars who are very recognizable to the jazz world. Carol Bash, her wonderful film, Mary Lou Williams, The Lady Who Swings the Band. Welcome, Carol. Hi, Doug. It's good to be here on WBGO. It's great to have you. And of course, bassist Mimi Jones and her first film that she did was a wonderful piece of film. And it's Seeking Hope about pianist Bertha Hope. Mimi, great to have you on the show. Thank you, Doug. Thank you so much. So it's exciting because the 12th year of the Women's Film Festival in Newark, Women in Media Film Festival, is a retrospective film festival sharing some of the favorite films of the last 11 years. And it's no surprise that we have the two films, Seeking Hope and The Lady Who Swings the Band, which is about Mary Lou Williams, of course. Mary Lou Williams, The Lady Who Swings the Band, are two of the selections that Pam said, hey, we got to remind people. It's part of this festival this year. Pam, now let's let's first talk about the fact that the festival has two phases. There is a virtual part and an in-person screening part. You want to set that up for us? Absolutely. Uh, due to COVID restrictions and COVID cautions, we thought that we would be wise to condense from our usual 11-day festival to something that would be um, safer and more manageable. So the two in-person screenings are for the people who need to get out of the house and the uh, four virtual uh, days of screenings are for those people who are cautious and from other parts of the world. Because what we found from our last festival is that we had people from many other countries and states. So as to serve everyone. Mary Lou Williams is one of the greatest composer, arranger, and musicians in jazz history. Duke Ellington's highest form of praise was to say that someone was beyond category. Mary Lou Williams is beyond category. The history of the music is in everything she writes. The blues is always there. It always swings. You can listen to her and only her and get what jazz is all about. She's the lady who swings the She's the lady who swings the Carol, when it comes to Mary Lou Williams, now this, you know, this film has been out for a while. What's been the appreciation for Mary Lou Williams for yourself since doing this project years ago? Mm. Um, well, I would say that the fact that she created music that is still so fresh and relevant and um, inspirational uh, because the fact that, yes, the film was done in 2015 and yet there still is a yearning uh, to learn about this woman, to learn about her legacy and listen to her music. And that is really, you know, as an artist, as a musician, that is her legacy, her music. And so I think it's just a deeper appreciation for her art and for um, 
for her compositions. Mary Lou was always bucking against what the norm was and trying to expand this notion of what jazz was. She didn't want to be boxed in. She didn't want to be labeled. Her contribution to this music make her a pioneer irrespective of gender. But Mary Lou Williams is not well known because she's a woman. Music is so male controlled that it's very difficult for women instrumentalists to get any respect. She was uh, the pianist, composer, and arranger for the Andy Kirk Band in the swing era in the 1930s. And this was a time when, you know, men really dominated the jazz scene. But she was one of the, if not maybe the only uh, female in an all-male band. Um, and then moving, that was based in Kansas City. She moved to New, to New York in the 1940s and was sort of the, at the forefront of the modern jazz era. Um, she was a mentor to the beboppers that we all know, you know, Miles Davis and Dizzy Gillespie and Thelonious Monk. I mean, these men came to her apartment in Harlem and sat at her feet um, and then moved on into, you know, jazz fusion and, and sort of funk rock uh, in the 70s. So she was always an innovator, always out front as a leader and yet, you know, there still is some education that needs to go around about who this incredible woman was. But she is really, I, I consider her one of the inventors of jazz. And don't forget in that famous portrait, portrait in Harlem, Mary Lou Williams is very present there with all the jazz greats. When I think about the three ladies joining me here on the WBGO Journal, if I have to pick two words to describe the three of them would be passion and excellence. And for Mimi Jones, that's certainly the case. Mimi, as a basis, but your first film was about Bertha Hope. And you had a passion about this lady that you wanted to make sure people knew much more about her. Because if you go in to try to look a lot about Bertha Hope, you will find that there's not that much information about her. Tell us about why, once again, you decided you wanted to do this documentary. So often, the lives of people in that the process of how they become and do what they have to do is not present. You know, especially now with uh, social media, we see what the person's doing when they're on stage and you see them in the happy light and you, you know, and we kind of live in this world where we don't honor the process. And um, I felt like, honestly, for myself, I felt like this lifestyle trying to be a musician, being a woman, being a black African-American woman um, is difficult, you know? And, um, but then looking at someone like Bertha and actually working with her, getting a chance to talk to her throughout the years, just a normal conversation, maybe on the way to a gig, in a, uh, on the um, break of a gig, and listening to the stories that she had, I'm like, wow. I have, you know, I'm in good hands. I just need to keep going. I just need to keep believing that there is greatness on the other side and this will all work itself out. And I'm talking about decades of spending time with her and listening to her stories. Um, because I met Bertha 
Bertha, I probably was in my late 20s. And now I'm about to be 50. So <laughs> it's a long time coming and listening and being around her great presence. And I just thought that it would be helpful, like how she helped me to listen to her story and get to a piece of her experience for others to feel that hope as well. And her last name happens to be Hope, you know, so that made so much sense to me. And just putting a little window into her life and maybe the things that she went through, you know, and how she is still out here doing it, you know, and not bitter, having a good time with a youthful spirit, beautiful self. She's into her fashion. But on the flip side, she has gone through so much and she continues as her as she, um, you know, she's, I think she's 82 now. I'm going to, I'm going to say 82 and not 83, just in case, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) she, um, she goes through things, you know, the body changes and my body's changing. I'm looking, I did a photo shoot the other day and I'm like, wow, that is not the me from three years ago. And you have to love yourself to embrace yourself. And So, you know, just watching her go through this now, her every moment, it is just, it's so precious to me. And then all of the music that she made, I didn't want that to go um, in the shadow, maybe in the shadow of her husband, her late husband, Elmo. Bertha is a phenomenal musician. You know, she's still here. She's here with us. She's doing it. Great player, great writer you know, um, and she's from the old school of, to which young people today, they kind of need that, you know, so I just tried to put it, capture it in a film. And it's, you know, and it is a a great thing that the fact that, you know, of course, Mary Lou Williams isn't around anymore, but, you know, when it comes to Bertha Hope, that we still have this living encyclopedia with us. What has been your most recent conversation with her and what did you share with each other? Most recently, we talked about her, you know, going through COVID and her making her way back out into the world. And I expressed how I felt. I wasn't one of those artists who wrote three books and two records and lost a bunch of weight. No, I was really sad, you know, and I lost a lot of people, you know, especially from the jazz world and personal family. And she expressed how she lost people. And we, we talked about how, because in all actuality, this movie were, we have to, um, you're, you're seeing the short of it, but there's so much, so many um, experiences and things that we want to capture. It, it needs to be a full length. So we talked about, you know, her coming back out. She's about to actually do a record. Um, we went into the studio and did part of it, new music, new material. And, um, you know, just, just how it was just a different time and how she's fitting into everything. And we just, we just have to push forward, you know, with everything. It's, it's even a different time for me, you know, Sure. everything has changed. For Pam, when it comes to this festival, you know, obviously you've had to adapt not only last year, but this year because of COVID, how difficult has it been for you to put on? the Women in Media Film Festival, Pam? Doug, I think that 
one of the beauties of this time is that we're forced to adapt. And I just saw an illustration that said that the closed old door can never be open to new ideas. And that's how I look at this time of COVID. There's been um, certainly a lot of adversity, but there's been a lot of opportunity and the opportunity to host the film festival at a time where we can reach people from all over the world is exciting to me. And, you know, I've heard from people that it's had impact. In fact, last year we had an African dance party as part of the festival. And I saw someone from UAE who was on and she said, I have to go now. It's midnight. I have to go to bed, but I just wanted to be here. And then we had a Toni Morrison readathon and there was a woman there from Turkey and she had beloved in Turkish. So it's real easy for me because I can see the, um, the, the opportunity and the value of reaching more people in, in different places. Carol Bash is the founder and president of Paradox Films, a media production company based in Peekskill. Carol, when you were doing Mary Lou Williams, The Lady Who Swings the Band, it, it won an HBO award for best documentary. Congratulations for all the awards that that film uh, has achieved. Did you know when you were making it as a filmmaker, do you, do you, do you feel it inside it like, yeah, this this is magical. Did that happen before it was released? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I'm trying not to laugh at that <laughs> because you know um, while you're uh, there's so much sweat equity, and you said it before. I mean, for Mimi and I, and I, I think I can speak to for Mimi. I mean, the passion that you have to have and the belief in your project um, as it goes on and on. Uh, it took me 12 years to make this film. So it was a journey in and of itself. Um, I never, I, I knew the project, I knew Mary Lou Williams was absolutely worthy of a film. Um, I have, and still do, and I'm lucky to have a real supportive a community of filmmakers behind me who believed in me as a filmmaker. And this was my first project, a feature film, um, you know, and professionals that worked with me to sort of buoy me forward as far as keep going, don't give up. Um, but really it, it's not until the project is almost done and you've raised the money and you can sort of maybe exhale a little bit to say, oh, okay, there is going to be something out there in the world in the form of a film that, you know, people can now look at and watch and hopefully, and hopefully like, um, but no, it's, it's hard work and it's a journey and it's, you know, it basically it's not over till it's over. That's how I feel anyway. I know fundraising is an ongoing issue for filmmakers, right? You're always battling for to try to get the funds necessary. When you do achieve excess and get an HBO award and outstanding independent documentary from the Black Reel Awards and the Pan-African Film Festival, the Programmers Award for Documentary, 
awards like that, does it make it a little bit easier to raise funds? You know, that's that's a really interesting question. I would say that it yes, it helps give you a track record. Um, it's good to know that your film was recognized. Um, but I would say the challenge is, as far as being a documentary filmmaker is that, you know, if the project that you're going to select is different from the next from the last one that you did, you you will probably get that phone call that you, you know, to a funder because they may have seen your work or they know that there's a track record there. But it doesn't really make it that much easier. You still have to hustle. Um, you know, it's, I wouldn't say you're starting from scratch, but um, it's such a competitive business that you really always have to realize that you're just another number in the pot. And you know, so, you know, the journey again starts with you believing in yourself, believing in the project. And maybe this time you have a few more people of note that really are interested in what you're doing, but it's still a challenge. So, yeah, it's uh, not an easy road to hoe. <laughs> yeah. When you talk about hustling, Mimi Jones knows what it like to, to hustle because as a jazz musician, you're always hustling out there. Uh, we were talking about COVID. How how great is it to be back to be able to to perform and, and to you know to do something live, Mimi? It's amazing. You know, we were some of the last groups to be able to come back, and um, it's still a little shaky. You know, we're still trying to figure things out. Um, one of the things, I mean, Pamela, you stated, I, I like that you mentioned some good things that come from COVID. So now this is a time to make a fresh start. And one of my um, ideas is that before COVID, musicians were running around rampant. I mean, we were hustling like crazy. And that is because the income that we make is so low. It's still from, you know, the 1950s and 60s. And so that that's something that needs to change. You know, there, there's, there's a natural change that needs to happen. And I, I feel like now that we're back out, um, on the flip side of things, it gave me a chance to really think about what I'm doing and who I, I really want to surround myself with. Um, just being a little older, you know, two years older than I was. Um, and really having a chance to enjoy life you know um so so far it's it's really been great i've been so appreciative of everything it made you know covid made us stop and and black lives matter that the covid the physical covid and then the covid you know we we have ways of saying it but it was all like the same thing and um it just makes you want to come out in a better light you know seek your worth your time um, understand that we're not uh, immortal. <laughs> and so I, I feel really good, you know, about this new change, you know, and um, just going forward, having a better understanding of the government, because, you know, we didn't, we were just playing and being artists. But now we have to find where the funding is coming from, and to have a foothold in the door of how those fundings are allotted, you know, um, I had never thought about that before. 
and you know it starts in your community and you know all of your congressmen and asking for certain things so um right now just being a musician oh and also while we were closed down we had to become the sound man the lighting person you know to keep things going virtually and so it just makes you appreciate those people more you know and and what we have so i i feel really um uh grateful and thankful for everybody that makes this all possible for us to be seen and heard and documented and my friends you know it's nothing like being able to um, see people live and really hear the music live and interact with your audience and see them right there you know so i'm i'm pretty happy about that i just want to at this point going forward really make an impact and have everything that i do you know make sense for my bucket list of things that i want to do while i'm here so well well put and you know one of the things i i appreciate about mimi jones is seeking hope about uh pianist Bertha Hope and the lady who's Mary Lou Williams, the lady who swings from Carol Bash is that I love history and you have opened up the history book to all of us with your films. Uh, just last week, I interviewed Ken Burns about uh, his upcoming film about Muhammad Ali. And he talked about, you know, that passion of putting in six years of making that film. Carol, you mentioned 12 years, um, but women filmmakers have never been able to get, you know, the attention and there, enter Pamela Morgan with the Women in Media Film Festival. Pam, what has been the, the, the satisfaction you get that you can get these wonderful filmmakers? And not only for some, sure, you get people who are, have been doing extremely well, but you've also launched the careers of some filmmakers on the women's side. That has to make you feel special. It's satisfying to know that because my passion is to educate the public about global issues facing women using film, video, and new media. And it's extremely gratifying to be able to make a difference in the lives of women, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the camera. And Mimi and Carol are two who I really admire. I think Carol lived at the Institute of Jazz Studies for the 12 years that she worked on the film, if I'm not mistaken. And that's right in Newark. You know, there are people who are in our midst. You're that, right. <laughs> <laughs> who we, um, we don't see. You know, we, we just don't see them. We can see Bertha Hope or, or Mimi performing, but we don't, um, we don't see them as human beings with rich legacies. Bertha's father performed with um, Paul Robeson on the Queen of England circuit. If it wasn't for Mimi, I would have never known that. And I know Bertha, but she doesn't talk about herself under normal circumstances. So it, I'm just, I feel completely blessed that I've been able to, in some small way, uh, help women tell their stories. I love the stories and the storytellers. Yeah, Mimi, when she talks about learning, you know, from your film, Seeking Hope, that's what makes it all about, right? If we can learn something new every day, that's, you know, that's why I love being in the news or, or just talking to you. 
is to learn something new. What has been the the best reaction that you have received about seeking hope that you can share with us? Well, you know, when we started, <laughs> as uh, Pamela had that reaction, I had that reaction while uh, interviewing and filming because I saved, you know, some of, a lot of those moments are initial moments not like we acted it, you know, because it's a documentary. So I didn't want to know certain things. And I found out, I actually went to LA to where Bertha was um, raised and saw the house that she was raised in and, and got the backstory firsthand. We had her sister and brother join us. So we're walking down the street and they're talking about how Jackie Robinson um, how she b babysat his daughter, you know, and then I can't remember off right off the cusp of my uh, brain. Um, there was a, a an architect who designed many of the style houses in that area. He was an African American, but he couldn't use his name for a long time because they weren't accepted back in the forties. And so, but then he turned out to be a famous person and he designed um, all of the rows of uh, houses in that neighborhood. They were mini mansions. And then I learned, you know, about, so there's like this whole history around her history. And when we reveal who her dad actually is, it's gonna be insanity when people see this because that's a whole other story and how he got there, how he almost lost his life with his brother. Um, he escaped through a window as a kid. He had a problem with um, some white men that I don't know if he whistled at a wife or something and they came looking for him and, and the mom sent them away and mm -hmm. him and his brother hitchhiked. They ended up in the army and then they lost each other, lost each other, lost touch. And then like 30 years later, they found each other, but the father turned out to be a famous actor. You know, I mean, it, it is crazy how far the story goes and all of the nuances in each part of the story, like how Lena Horne, cause she's, a, she's in it too, you know, I mean, she's not in the film, but she worked with the dad and, and around that time, you know, you couldn't, uh, they couldn't use the sound. They couldn't use the the visual of the movie if the movie went down south. It, it's crazy, you know. So there's there's all of this stuff about history and race and just you know endless things. So I the whole time I'm just like, whoa, you know. It, it doesn't it, get any better when the filmmaker <laughs> learns as you're going, right? And you're like, this is even better than I thought. It's like, when does right. it end? Yeah, you know, you have a magical piece and certainly Seeking Hope is is all about that. Carol Bash, when you were, uh, now that, you know, it's been several years since Mary Lou Williams, the lady who swings the band, have you ever thought about if Mary Lou Williams was just breaking onto the scene now, how she would just kind of take control because there are, it is it is a different time now, you know, as Mimi has said, still, you know, it's still, you know, you, you have to watch what you're doing. You have to. But 
she had such power behind her and it was like, heck, heck with the men, I'm going to take control. What could she be doing in 2021? Wow, that's a great question. And it's almost like I, I don't even have the wherewithal to answer what this genius woman would be doing. But I'm pretty sure, um, you know, she was she would be on top of her social media, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, wow. I mean, to think about the fact that even back in the 40s, you know, she was trying to meld classical music and jazz together. So um, you, I just have to think about, you know, just how she would probably expand the horizons of jazz maybe into world music or global music or, or, or try to, through her music, make people see how um, it's all related. I mean, I'm, I'm talking very vaguely because I really don't know. Um, but, you know, she was a healer through her music and she was one to, to, to sort of help people understand how universal and spiritual jazz was. Mm -hmm. And so I'd, I'd, I would say in some way she would, she would still probably be on that mission to kind of heal the world. And God knows we need some healing today. So um, I think that would still be her mission and she would just how she would express it. I, I don't know. You know, that's that's the mind of a genius for you. I, I can't even go there. Maybe crossing genres. I, I, mm -hmm. I would I would love to see, uh, you know, Mary Lou Williams, Bertha Hope, Mimi Jones and maybe somebody like uh, Bruno Mars uh, performing all together and see how, how that would turn out, because I, I'm sure that would be really special. He seems like he's, he's an old soul and would appreciate Mary Lou Williams and Bertha Hope and, and making sure that music would, uh, would sound special. So Seeking Hope, Saturday the 31st is when we will be able to see that film. And Mary Lou Williams, the lady who swings the band, will be Sunday, August 1st. Pam, tell us how we can see these wonderful films as part of the virtual and in-person Women in Media Film Festival in Newark. Sure, Doug. If um, folks who are interested, go to www.wim, like in Mary, dash, and like in Nancy, dot com, slash 2021 screenings. They can see the um, selections for in-person as well as virtual or they can just go to www.wim-n.com and click on the green button in the middle of the page and it takes them to the film festival. But everything is free and open to the public and we hope people do come out. This is not a commercial venture. This is really an educational endeavor, hoping that people come out and learn and learn to respect. We just have a couple of minutes, so Mimi, I'm going to have you go first. When you think of Pam Morgan, what do you think about? Wow, she's a queen to me. She's so intelligent and has the where to like just get up, take a dream and put it into reality. And I appreciate, you know, her just reaching out to me and, and being a friend too on the side. She's such a person, you know, she has a beautiful heart and... She is a beautiful, beautiful looking woman. And I'm just really proud to, you. you know, be a part of her, 
her um, celebrations every year. And um, she's power, powerhouse. One quick word, Carol, to describe Pam before we let you go. Special. She's um, indeed special. Radiant, radiant. Uh, you know, um, I'll, yeah. I'll agree with both of you on this. And I want to thank, you know, Mimi Jones, Carol Bash, and Pamela Morgan. Don't forget about the Women in Media and Newark Film Festival coming up. Thanks to all three of you for joining us on the WBGO Journal. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. And thank you, Carol. What a pleasure to see you.